It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy, and it's about people. It's about. It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept: uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force. That sort of controls our destiny,、uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence, great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Welcome back to Generation Skywalker. This is a bit of a, a special show for this month. It's an introduction show to exactly what we've got coming in September, and I'm joined by three of the other Generation Skywalker hosts.、Uh, I have Dan Burgess with me. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. We've also got Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Hello. Got a feeling we're going to need you this month. Got a got a hunch this is going to be up your avenue. I'm looking forward to talking books. Books, yeah, there you go. And as someone who's、uh, who uses them to prop up his table at home, we have also got with us Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, everyone. And、uh, yes, I'm here, prepared to get bullied again by you. So yes, hello, everyone. Yeah, we best just、uh, best just say we we were twenty minutes into this show and、um, we hadn't pressed record. So、uh, <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> a a bit of a a bit of a fun situation for everybody. But what we're doing here this month is this is an introduction show for September, so it's only going to be a, a short show this evening. And、uh, basically, over the course of September, we are having Book Month. Now we've got a series of shows with、uh, I think we've got three authors coming on. We've got a, a, a lovely roundtable of guests coming on to discuss a certain trilogy that was back in the day.、Uh, we've got another guest coming on to chat about his EU books. We've got.、Um, Another show where we're going to look at collecting books, among amongst others, and as well as all that, we will also have the modern way and those old fossils. Our usual roundtables will go out at some point over the course of the month. So, so lots of shows to come. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R two D two beep like this. Let's begin now. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the hope of freedom was kept alive by rebel forces fighting against the evil Galactic Empire. In a daring raid, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon: 
the Death Star. But as the rebels raced back to their base, they were pursued by a powerful Imperial starship. Now, when, when you write down, we're going to have a book month, you literally could, you could record easily 500 shows. Do any of you boys delve into book podcasts? Because when I looked at some Star Wars podcasts, there's an awful lot that cover literature. No, mate, I don't. I, I, I don't either, to be honest. I've seen a lot of them at the celebrations. And uh, yeah, they're very, very popular. But no, not, not dived into them whatsoever. Should I? I? Was, um, I don't know, mate, to be fair. I listen to a, to a couple. Coffee with Kenobi can be quite good, if, what, depending on what book they're talking about. But I don't want to... To, to name just two because when i scrolled through the the star wars podcasts i reckon a good 50 percent of them are based around either books or you know I'm, I'm sure we're talking novels here or the comics area which we're not actually covering too much this month we might touch on it at some point but so it is obviously a popular area um to have such a big market and i'm a member of the uh the, the, the star wars book notes facebook group which is which is nice to sort of have regular posts in in your in your timeline about you know what people are reading and what's you know the new stuff and the old stuff that people are revisiting it's it's still very very alive as a as a sort of area um and i know i do like to do you know when i finish the book i do go online and i kind of check out reviews and what other people have said see if i agree with them that's all part of the reading experience for me so i do consume a fair amount of that content although i don't listen to regular podcasts you invited me to that group not that long ago craig and i've been a having a little delve in it. It's a very, very active group. It is. There's, yeah, there's, there's tons of posts every day. And um, they have, I don't know if it's a monthly thing, obviously being new to the group, but they have a recommended book each month where everyone goes away and reads it and then comes back and they will discuss it. Now, I think they're going to start to discuss it in two, three days, but I have actually started reading it. It's the Dr. Afra uh, book that's currently out. I'm not too sure on the name of it without looking it up, but um, I'm a couple of chapters in. It's not actually a massive book. So hoping to get through that before I read what the thread has to offer. But that's quite a nice touch. It's a bit, a bit like a book club yeah. online. So a good way of getting involved, especially if you're reading the novels. I know nothing about Dr. Afra. I know she was in a comic of some sort. So um, a, bit, a bit of a bit of a fresh. So that's what I'm reading at the moment, actually, when it comes to Star Wars. Anyone else reading a Star Wars book at the moment? I've got two on the go um, on Audible. I've got. Um... That's confusing. Well, I started. I started um, Ahsoka, so that was you know that followed kind of her story after uh, after she left the uh, the Jedi Order, and it, it's it's one of the kind of more young adult ones. And I kind of I'm on I'm on the fence with those. I kind of sometimes dip into them, sort of just because of that FOMO thing of not wanting to miss out on kind of story aspects. But I just found it a bit heavy going. I just thought I wasn't engaging with it, so I I downloaded um, Shadowfall, and I'm kind of you know, halfway through that. Dan, are you reading? I know you like to read, uh, especially some of the new stuff. I know you've been a big fan of some of it. No, I haven't. I'm listening to um, some of the older stuff. Um, I've been listening to, well, I'm going to talk about a particular book in a, in, in a moment, but it was another um, EU novel, EU novel, EU novel, Dark Lord, another James Lucino novel. So I've been, um, I've been, I've been listening to that. That was an audible game. That's quite good. And Jez, um, are you past spot has a ball, a big ball, a big red ball? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am currently reading a Star Wars book and uh, more on that later on, Stu, my good friend. But Spot is a good book, isn't it? Spot is a good book. It's a really good book. It's a really good big 
brand book. <laughs> so let, let, let's just have a look at what our Star Wars libraries are like, whether we own a lot of books, whether we delve into it. Are we into the novels? Are we into reference books? Are we into collecting books? Let's let's kind of just get a an overview of what our bookcases look like when it comes to Star Wars. Jez, let's start with you. I've got a combination of um, nostalgia ones. So right from their childhood to the very early, the art of Star Wars, which I had uh, right at the beginning, um, which is just really weathered, fallen apart. Um, all the string on it's holding it together is gone. But I've got the St. Michael book. I've got the Red Return of a Jedi book, the Futura book. So lots around about the time of St. Michael, uh, sorry, Return of a Jedi. The Read a Long Story in cassettes. I mean, who could forget those? The rainbow ones, you know, they're great. So all the original stuff from my childhood. And then as it goes through, the art of books I absolutely love um, of the the newer Disney films so the uh, the sequels there and also i've got the rinsler making of books as well so going through you know in particular the return of a jello one i uh, found is it it's been excellent and uh, then moving on from the vintage collecting point of view i've got lots of specialist collecting books with regards to um, action figure collecting or then going into prototypes and the authors gus and duncan have got some really good ones which i've got so a bit of an eclectic mix really but notably None of the expanded universe yet. That's not uh, flicked my switch just yet, but it's something which I'm prepared to uh, to delve into. And maybe after this month, my horizons will be broadened. So I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone brings to the pitch. Daniel? Yeah, pretty much the same as Jez, really. So making of books, collecting books. Um, in terms of EU novels, I've got a handful. To be honest with you, most of them are up in my loft. Um, gathering dust and most of what I've got now is on my phone or my Kindle. Um, there's, you know, back in the day and I've still got them, but they're buried away in the loft. Again, is things like visual dictionaries, um, the, the, you know, from the seek, from the prequels, all of the, the art of books from that. So, yeah, there's there's a lot buried away as well. It'd be good to, interesting to go back through some of that and see what's in there. Well, go and get your hands dirty with that dust. Yeah. And finally, Craig, now I know you're a, a big Expanded Universe fan, so uh, I'm I'm guessing you've got them all. I um, my expanded universe collection is 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 quite comprehensive, really. I, I've been reading them since, you know, since the the first ones were published. So I've and I've sort of by and large kept pace with it. There've been a couple of times in my life where I've had to sort of play catch up, but yeah, I'm kind of on top of them uh, and, and into the new canon now. Uh, but my book collection is is probably quite quite vast, really. Um, I mean, it goes right back to to books which I would probably class more as collectibles so you know the original novelizations things like the pop-up books you know the storybooks that, that, that Jez has mentioned there's a kind of there's a chunk of that stuff um there's also a chunk as, as Dan just said like the art of books you know the cutaways the, the visual dictionaries as a whole swathe of that and then you know the collecting books the things that you know have, have helped inform my collecting over the years you know right back to the uh to, the, to those very early ones you know the, the Star Wars and Star Trek paperback one that was the bible um for a lot of people right at the start but yeah the biggest chunk is is novels um there's a few graphic novels in there as well but yeah a lot of stuff you talk about collecting books we seem to be getting them all the time now you know once upon a time you had the odd the odd book that kellerman was the bible for checking your cards and like you said you had a couple of others the tomark guide was brilliant for for all those beyond the toy type things and but um there is it is a vast area. We are we are going to be looking at looking at collecting books on a show because I I own many of the collecting books. I, I enjoy it. I um I always found they were a help 
especially when we're over on the Vintage Rebellion, when it was purely vintage, but great source for looking things up when we're doing research. But but yeah, yeah, I've got quite a few novels and uh, a bit like all of you, really, quite a, a vast library. I, I do enjoy the thought of when uh, I come to unpack my boxes, exactly what I'm going to find in there. Probably mice haven't eaten them, <laughs> um, what my garage has been like, but uh, yeah, it's good. And obviously, alongside the books, some of them have got some amazing cover art on them. And something we're going to, well, Craig's going to be running alongside the the shows over this month. A bit of a contest to find what our listenership's favourite cover art is. Now, Craig, how are you going to go about that? Well, I, I think um, in, in the first instance, you know, we'll we'll kind of get an overview show of, of what's out there. I mean, we're talking about, you know, several decades of, of cover art and it's it's by its definition very rich and varied. You know, we want to acknowledge the worst of it but celebrate the best of it so some way of, of creating a knockout competition where we, we we determine you know some of the best we get a discussion going amongst ourselves and amongst uh, the listeners uh, and we'll, we'll we'll pitch some of the best cover art um, against itself uh, and, and we'll create a sort of knockout competition and and crown a winner so we will crown that winner on our close show the final day of this month so that's gonna be across our social media yeah facebook instagram or twitter yeah so watch out for for that and um how craig goes about running that just out of interest craig yes how how do you compare the the older the legend books with when it comes to artwork compared to the up-to-date books i think the, i think they're, they're taking the new canon the design of the new canon books a lot more seriously than they they did in the past i mean some of them some of the earlier books, you know, they're little more than, than pulp novels. You know, they, they had a limited appeal. Some were just released on paperback. And, uh, you know, so, some of the artists, it, it is quite poor. The design of the books now are so much more uh, premium. You know, there's, there's, there's design elements to the inside pages, for instance, which is something that they never really used to do or they started to do towards the, the back end of the, uh, the EU. But, you know, I think the publishers are seeing these things as, as, as treasured objects now so you can get exclusive covers at uh, conventions and, and variants and things like that um so i think they're they're being treated with a with a lot more kind of respect i think um than, than they used to although that said you know there are certain kind of key novels that, that came out back in the day that they were paying drew struzan to create the artwork for so you know there's there's um like I say it's it's very varied and it's going to be interesting to kind of pick through that and, and pick Pick some of the best and some of the worst. Now, before the show, I, I said to you all, could we all bring your most treasured, your favourite Star Wars book that you've you've owned or read or or you've engaged with over the years? Now, that's a vast area. You, you could go with anything, fiction, non-fiction, whatever you wanted. Now, I know I'm going to come to Jez first because I know that um, his favourite book is by Kerry Milliron and uh, was that fantastic episode one book, Watch Out Jar Jar. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, please don't leave, listeners. Just let. Yeah, just yeah. Mate, with regards to favourite books, it's very, very difficult to pin it down, isn't it? And uh, what I wanted to be able to do was um, not only to sort of say, yeah, I really, really love this book for this reason, but I wanted to uh, broaden some people's horizons and maybe introduce a book to people which people hadn't heard of before or hadn't seen. Yeah, first of all, uh, I treasure this book for 
um, a variety of reasons, but no more though um, than the fact that this was gifted to me whilst I was in Afghanistan by Sean Moynihan, who sent this to me saying that he'd seen it and um, and uh, he thought I might like it and love it, I do. So this is a book called Star Wars Memories, My Time in the Death Star Trenches by Craig Miller. And it's got a forward by uh, world-renowned producer Gary Kurtz. But people might be thinking, right, who who is Craig Miller? And uh, Craig Miller is massively important, hugely important, hugely influential in the Star Wars world. And without him, things may have been completely different now or not, not turned out the way they were. So Craig Miller was the first director of fan relations for Lucasfilm. So Craig worked at Lucasfilm, was there behind the scenes and knows all of the business. And uh, this book is his first-hand accounts and other anecdotes which he picked up at the time whilst working for Lucasfilm. So he worked on Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and uh, he's a publicist, a writer, a producer. He's creator of new and original concepts for keeping fans involved in the Star Wars universe. He got immersed and did so much. And of all things, also, he is a fan. He continues to be a massive fan. He's really involved and is on the um, circuit. He goes off and does Star Wars Celebration, etc. So, but what's this book like? Now, first of all, this book is a doorstop. It's huge. It's got well over 400 pages, about 430 odd pages. It retails at around about uh, £20 on Amazon. But when you talk about Amazon, at the moment, every single one of these reviews is five out of five you know everyone is just saying that this is a hundred percent there are loads of names here and i was looking through some of the names thinking oh, i wonder if i recognize anyone funny old thing as i said craig miller was a director of fan relations back in the day now the current fan relations head who took over from mary franklin a few years ago was pete vilma now pete's actually put a um a review on amazon five stars early insiders view of star wars phenomenon as it unfolded and uh, he goes on to give a very, very good uh, review here. But there's one other review which I really wanted to pick up. And people will be familiar with Mark Newbold, if you don't mind whilst I just turn my page here. So um, Mark Newbold from Tracks, he's got uh, praise for Star Wars memories. Over the past four decades, there have been many illuminating peaks into the making of the Star Wars saga, but there's never been a memoir quite like this. Miller regales us with a treasure trove of never-before-heard, deep-dive, geeky, gold-written, so conversationally it makes you feel like you were there. And Mark's nailed it. It's really, really lovely because it does make you feel like you're there. And there's all these little behind-the-scenes things. There's a couple which I'd like to share with you now if, if we've just got a couple of minutes. And what I'd like to do is in each episode, Stu, I'll probably add an extra little story from behind the scenes because I just think these are little treasures. And it just brings to life the characters and the actors as well. So I'm just going to give you something now. And you'll think, oh, right, yeah. So that's what Harrison was like on set. Because I just, I love this. I'm really, really warm to it. So if you don't mind, just indulge me. It said, Harrison met George and Mark at Hamptons for lunch. Mark had previously told Harrison that neither the film nor George picked up the tab for lunch. It was strictly everyone on their own. Money was tight on the Star Wars and the budget having continued to creep higher and higher. But this seems more from George's natural ways rather than the budget truly necessitated. After all, how much could a few burgers add to the multi-million dollar budget? He goes on to say, at the end of the meal that, um, that day, the waiter put the check down on the table. Harrison reached over and picked it up. He turned to Mark Hamill and said, 
Go ahead, you're done. Go home. Don't worry about this, he said, waving the check. Mark said, are you sure? And Harrison nodded, so Mark said okay and left. Harrison slowly perused the check, nodding. Looks right to me. He put the check down in front of George, got up and headed for the door of the recording studio. And um, so it just shows that sort of, you know, Harrison was there, big brother to Mark Hamill, insisting that Mark doesn't pay, but just gives it to George. And it's just these little behind the scenes things, which we would have never, never known about. There's lots of home truths. There's loads of little myths and things being dispelled, which I'm not going to tell you all about now, but it's all to do with the production and how they put things together. So there's loads of stuff behind the scenes. There's, there's, really, there's um, a really lovely piece by Charlie Lippincott, or Charles Lippincott, but who he affectionately called Charlie. There's loads of stuff about the Dave Prowse and what actually happened or what he thinks happened and, and how Dave then stopped um, going along with Lucasfilm or his insistence on writing particular stuff on, on what Dave felt about his voice not being used. So really loads of stuff. So you, you've got bits from celebrations bits from behind the scenes fan bits um just it's 430 pages full of as i say anecdotes and he said this she said that and and casting crew bits and pieces it's a great all-rounder without going too niche if you needed one book this is from a film fan point of view would be perfect i'm very tempted by this actually jez because you're right his i'm friends and i'm sure some of us might be on here uh friends with craig on on facebook Every now and then has a flurry of putting things up about Star Wars and working on it. And um, Charles Lippincott used to sadly pass away during during lockdown. Charlie, um, Charles did. But he sometimes used to jump in. And if there was a fact wrong and the pair of them would kind of bounce off each other to get the correct story out there. And it's quite engaging. And I can imagine his the book is very similar to how he some of the stories um, would be definitely one I I will go away and purchase. Yeah. And um, the Harrison Ford story is great. Brilliant. That, that kind of thing's brilliant, isn't it? Darth Vader slashed the weapon out of Luke's hand and backed him onto a bridge. Don't make me destroy you. Your future lies with me, for I am your father. Luke was stunned. No. Luke stepped from the bridge and plunged helplessly toward the emptiness below. I'm going to come to you next, Dan, because you have actually gone with a novel rather than behind the scenes type book. So um, what, what have you bought? Um, so I've gone for Darth Plagueis. Um, novel came back out in 2012. So I, I kind of burnt out from Star Wars a little bit after the prequels and, and then Clone Wars was started up. And at the time, it didn't feel like that was kind of for me. And I kind of had a lot going on in my life. So I, I kind of I dropped out of Star Wars for a while. But yeah, that this this came on my radar. And I think it was originally due for release back in 2008. And, and for whatever reason, got held off and then yeah came out in 2012 to much fanfare that it was the you know that this was almost marketed as being as much canon as any movie and it was George Lucas had a hand in the writing of it or at least the conceiving of the of the story itself so it was um yeah it was it, it came on my radar and I read it back then and I loved it and I've, I've gone back to it several times so yeah I, I suppose it all stems from that line in Revenge of the Sith when uh, Darth Sidious is telling Anakin about the 
the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise, and it it, it, it kind of it, it expands on on on, the, on that one that one scene. Yeah, it takes place over a, a fifty year period, and it leads up to and into the events of the Phantom Menace. It, it details not only the story of of Plagueis and and his his backstory, but also it acts as a kind of the backstory for Palpatine as well, and kind of goes through the, in the story Plagueis discovering Palpatine on the boo and now he kind of turns him to the dark side and and leads all the way up then to Sidious murdering Pat Plagueis like described movie in Revenge of the Sith and throughout the book it, it it starts to develop the ideas of I suppose what they call the the Sith initiative or their grand plan which is you know to put down their lightsabers and everything they've done in the past in terms of warmongering and to infiltrate you know banking and politics and and go about things that way goes through the conception of the clone army how they they they, they figured out how they were going to do that and and use that against the republic and you know, it goes into so much detail about right why they don't use force welders for that you know when you watch attack of the clones you might think well why didn't they just clone a bunch of jedi so it gets into that that level of detail and i suppose the surprising thing about the novel is in is how closely it overlaps with phantom menace the last third of the book pretty much happens in parallel with that movie you know so much so that you you kind of got the sith being aware of who anakin is and they're quite afraid of him or certainly plagueis is because earlier in the book like years earlier in the book palpatine and plagueis they basically tip the balance of the force and it's implied that that what they did caused the a reaction in the force to create anakin so it, it kind of dispels some of the myths as well that anakin was palpatine's son in some way it's it's kind of it's quite clever how it does that so as a, as a novel it's a great read i think it ties so well into the into the revenge of the sith and the rest of the prequels i think it's really a, a essential read and i don't think it's i mean i don't agree with the sometimes when people say oh, you've got to read this book to to understand the film better but it certainly enhances the the uh, the movies overall i take book. it this is this is uh legends now though yeah i i think it, it i think it is there's some been, been some books come out recently that have kind of overwritten some of it i don't think it's necessarily changed any plagueis of plagueis's backstory but i think there's a one book in particular, and I, did, I was reading about it on the lead up for this, just just kind of doing a bit of research, and yeah, it's overwritten some of the stuff in Phantom Menace, basically saying that Palpatine was the only Sith Lord at the time, and there wasn't anyone else, so it's kind of cast it aside a little bit. But for me, until a movie comes out that kind of says that that's the book's wrong, then I'm still gonna I'm gonna still hold on to that as being the, the true story of Plagueis. I had it as an audio book, and I think it was something that I listened to whilst doing jobs. Yeah, so never properly engaged myself in it, but. I know for a fact that this book is going to come up on a future show this month by another massive fan of it. So there's obviously something about it. And whenever I hear people talk of it, it's always held in very high regard. Now, I'm guessing you read it, Craig. Do you put it up there as one of the best novels? Yeah, I th- every, every so often you get a novel that's it's almost a standalone and it adds a considerable amount to the lore of Star Wars. And, and this is one of those. Um, and, and it does, and as Dan says, it does a really good job of you know, weaving in to the uh, to the stuff we know from the movies. So I see why it's, uh, it, it's, it's at the top of a lot of people's lists. You know, and it's, you know, that scene in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith, it was so tantalising. You wanted to know. <laughs> the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. I think it's the equivalent of Obi Wan telling Luke about Darth Vader in in A New Hope when he's having that having that discussion with him. And back then, before we had the prequels, you were kind of like, "Wow, I want to see that." And and this book kind of does that without making three movies out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a key story element. It's not you know the continued adventures of a background alien from the cantina, yeah. which you can read if you want to. <laughs> yes, I have read that one. I... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I must revisit it because uh, it's always kind of championed by most people who are, who like their novels. Do you ever hear the tragedy of 
Darth Plagueis the Wise? No. I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What happened to him? He became so powerful. The only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. It's ironic. He could save others from death, but not himself. Uh, Craig, going to come to you next then. So what have you chosen? Yeah, I don't know whether this is cheating or not, but I've brought to the table The Essential Reader's Companion which was written by Pablo Hidalgo. As people know, it's the font of all Star Wars knowledge in, ten, in 2012, and it's described on the back as the definitive word on Star Wars fiction. And it's a bit like your exam revision notes for about 35 years' worth of Star Wars novels. Um, and I've chosen it more really because of what it represents rather than the book itself. So it's a way of kind of bringing <laughs> you know, the EU uh, as in one uh, in one book. Although I would recommend it. It is something I constantly refer back to uh, again and again. So as a, as a book, it, what it does is it, is it focuses on prose novels. So that's the young adult and the adult sort of novels that were written. Um, not necessarily the comics, although it does reference where a, story, where a story overlaps with the comics. But it doesn't really go into detail with, with things like graphic novels or or more junior works like um, the Jar Jar one you've just mentioned. Um, so that's not in there. Again, it's a, you know it's a big, thick old book. It runs to about four hundred and eighty-five pages, and it's you know you start at one end and you work through. It's presented chronologically, as in you know the story timeline, and each entry includes a combination of real-world stuff, so things like the title, the author, the cover artist, and an image of the cover, which is going to prove useful in the coming. Uh, coming weeks and its publication history and then there's a, a kind of summary of in-universe stuff so where the story sits on the timeline what worlds are visited who the main characters are and then probably most importantly is like the plot summary so they've got these very concise well-written kind of sub summaries of, of kind of what actually happens so you know there are spoilers in there but it's a great great resource it's also got appendices that lists the books in publication order. So if you're not sure of kind of when things were were, were, were produced, uh, that's there. It's also grouped by authors. So if you've got a particular favourite author, you can instantly see all the other books they wrote. There's a wealth of kind of little sidebars or spotlights, as they call them, which pull out kind of interesting facts or little behind, behind the scenes details of what was going on in 
you know, Star Wars merchandise, that time, bits of trivia. And then there's tons of like specially commissioned paintings and, and illustrations that depict kind of key scenes and characters. And a lot of this stuff has until then never been visualized, you know, quite obscure and niche characters from, from the Star Wars novels suddenly brought to life in full color in this book. It's, it's great, you know. There's lots of artists that you'd probably recognize from, you know, if you've ever strolled down Artists Alley at celebrations, you've got people like Joe Caroni and Chris Travas, Jeff Carlisle, Brian Rood's got some work in there, Chris Scalf, uh, Darren Tan. So they've, they've pulled on some of the kind of, you know, fan favorite um, artists from, uh, from over the years, and they've all contributed different illustrations to this. So not only is a lot of kind of dense text, a lot of information there, it's very, very visual. Some of it's better than others. It's always really interesting to see an artist's interpretation of a character that you've only ever pictured in your mind's eye through reading these things. So it, it's got an appeal on that level, if uh, you know, at the very least. So, I mean, this was produced in 2012. And as I've kind of mentioned, the whole Star Wars story, the expanded universe, was pretty dense by that point. Um, and I'm sure they kind of came up with this to help people jump in. You know, have it there as a bit of a kind of way of navigating this really long and involved story. But, you know, as it turned out, that wasn't to be. So when it was published in 2012, all the publishing stopped in 2014 to make way for the new canon. But what that means is that most of the EU is in this book. I think there's probably only like Crucible, which is the last of the main novels that's not in here. So it's a real nice time capsule of that era without it sort of being so a lot of these books like you know you think about the star wars encyclopedia or you know the essential guide to characters as, as soon as they're they're published they're out of date uh, and the internet has replaced all of that whereas i think this still has a place this is this is a you know, i still refer to this more than going online because a lot of you know if you google a book and you want to find a plot um, synopsis to remind yourself a lot of it's written spoiler-free for people to want to read it. So this is, I know that what I need is, is is going to be in here, which is why I sort of keep going back to it again and again. And when I first got it, I read it cover to cover as a sort of refresher. It was like a little zip through, you know, 35 years of Star Wars publishing. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great, great book. Um, it's sort of essential in, in, in my library. It's still around. I mean, it's currently £18.35 on Amazon. From what I've sort of read and, and, and heard about some of the retconning that's going on at Lucasfilm at the minute, you know, casual fans might want to brush up on Mara Jade's history before she kind of crops up in Mandalorian Series 3 or whatever else they're up to. So, yeah, I think it's a very relevant book still. Um, and I highly recommend it. Well, yeah, I'm so. This is a problem with recording these things. <laughs> I, I end up. Do you know what? I, I'm I'm quite engaged with everyone's with everyone's tr options here. That sounds amazing. It sounds amazingly laid out. I didn't realise quite what it was when you put it in our um in our thread, our chat. But yeah, it kind of breaks it down. The only problem with that is when well, I suppose these are the legend books, aren't they? They're not um yeah. The ones, like you just said, yeah. So I take it it doesn't tell you which ones are the good one and which ones are the bad ones. It's just the, they're just all there. It, do, it doesn't really um, review them, you know. There are some of the some of the asides from from memory, the little kind of sidebars, are kind of you know, give a little bit of uh, context to them. So, but but yeah, it's 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 presented in a. This is what's out there. It's it's not sort of written from a particularly editorial point of view with opinions. You know, for eighteen quid, we should all we should all buy it and have it by our sides when we do these. <laughs> yeah, well, I I yeah. <laughs> I think you could very well be 
very well be right there, Je- uh, Jez, Craig. Yeah, fascinating. Hi, I'm Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm. I'm also the author of Star Wars, The Essential Reader's Companion from Del Rey Books. For fans of the Star Wars movies, exploring the books ends up being almost a collaborative venture. You as a reader are the ones who are designing the shots and figuring out what it would look like cinematically in your mind, taking what an author has written on the page. Together, you create that next Star Wars movie. And in many cases, it becomes even more memorable than stuff that you might have seen on the screen. The Star Wars books are unique in that there are different people's interpretations of the Star Wars universe, so you do get a variety of different points of views. If you are hungering to see what the Imperial point of view is, or what the point of view of a Jedi is, or what the average galactic citizen is, there's so much Star Wars storytelling done out there in fiction that you could probably find that angle to, to connect to. So what it does is it just offers much more variety of Star Wars storytelling than can be handled by any one medium alone. So finally from me, I've brought three books to the table, but they all go hand in hand. And I'm pretty sure all collectors will will have these. Uh, both of you two, the Rinsler making of books. I've only got Empire. <sighs> I'm looking at all three of them right now. Right. So to me, from a Star Wars standpoint, I don't think there's anything better. The, the stories in there are, are quite incredible. Now, I'm pretty sure most listeners will know what these are. But um, J.W. Rinsler, Jonathan Rinsler, was the executive editor at Lucasfilm until 2016. And he worked closely alongside Lucas for, I think it was around 15 years of his of his time there. And uh, it was just before, I don't think episode two was out, but um, Revenge of the Sith had obviously started work on. And he was sitting in a room one day with George Lucas and he put forward uh, about doing a making of Revenge of the Sith like literally going through everything, interviews, photos, everything behind the scenes. And George Lucas didn't have to go away and think about it. He just said in the room, do it. And uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, uh, the making of Revenge of the Sith came out, and that that was the start. And uh, George Lucas then said, well, uh, you've got full access to the archives. And it was the first person to ever have complete access to the archives. And he went in there and he went, went through old f- interviews. I understand that through the books, obviously I've, I've read, read them several times, but... There's uh, over 50 key cast and crew members interviews which had never been seen and were completely lost in there from Lucas, Ford, Hamill Fisher, you know, all the common ones, John Williams, uh, John Barry. There's there's interviews with all sorts and they cover the books, cover production notes, photos, some of the best photos you'll ever see, um, anecdotes throughout it. The first Star Wars book, for example, the um, the New Hope one, just the script drafts, there's there's copies of pages of the script and how it changed and how it evolved and uh, i think there's a, a photo of um is it is it chewbacca the original art in there of him this huge oh no han solo isn't it is the huge green green monster with no nose and that was going to be han solo so to see how things evolve and develop in there they really are incredible and engaging you know it, it talks about about the budget issues and how the whole project was nearly scrapped at one point and why he had a hop between studios. It's all about the birth of ILM in there. It really is worth getting. And I knew he'd written a few other making of books. He's, he's done the Planet of the Apes, um, Alien, Indiana Jones and stuff. And even Monster House, which I thought was a really random one when he hasn't written. Have you boys watched Monster House, the cartoon? No. 
<laughs> it's a great it's a great children's film actually. If you if you want to go and watch a good children's film, it's about this kid who is on his tricycle when he goes near a house and it kind of growls at him. And it's the story of how he goes in this house. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. But he did a making of making of that, and it's one of the early ones. It's got a real random, but but this year in in September, you've got the making of Aliens coming out. So these books are still coming, and knowing what Star Wars ones are like, I would I would delve straight into them because they're so good. I mean, they're so good. Just just picking it up and just reading a random random paragraph, you learn some great stories. We heard Jez earlier talk about the, the Harrison Ford dinner with Craig Miller and whatnot, and that was great. But but these are these are exceptional. Um, he was actually due to to uh, to do the making of um, the Force Awakens, but apparently, all he well, let me just see because he was asked about it. Yeah, and I, all think, these... I think Disney didn't want him pushing the dirty laundry in public. I think I think that was the <laughs> well, that was said. So he had um, he had been asked why that and didn't go ahead, and he goes, "You need to ask J.J. Abrahams." So it was obviously a, a very uh, tetchy and tense <laughs> subject, but. He wrote other Star Wars books as well, Rinsler, but but these are exceptional. I would um I would urge people to go and buy them. In fact, do you know what? In the last show of this of this month, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get some books together. I will make sure there is a Rinsler book in our little giveaway lot for one listener. I will source one and add it to the pile because to me these are the uh, the ultimate books. But Craig only got ESB. Don't do it for you. No, do you know what? I think. I think they arrived at a time where there was a whole load of reference books. And I don't know, I, I looked at it, I thought, that's great. And I, for some reason, I didn't get it. And then it's, and then I was looking at them on eBay and the covers were tatty. And it's, oh, it, it was always something I was going to get another time. And I think because I didn't get the first one, I kind of, t- I just didn't follow up. And then I saw like the empire one in a charity shop and it was about three quid or something ridiculous. So I kind of snapped that up because they're about, what are they about 30 quid? Those books? They RRP is 45 quid, but Amazon has got them all reduced between 30 to 35 at the moment. And it was just one of those things, you know, normally it's right in my kind of wheelhouse and I do devour anything, as you know, that, that mentions the, uh, the set dressing uh, of which this does, and it's in there, you know, it's in, it's in the Empire one. But you know, I've read um, Roger Christian's book and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it just, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't jump on it, and then it just, yeah, never followed up. But on that recommendation, Stuart, how can I not go back and fill that gap in my library? I love them. They're, they're literally, they're, they? so a lot, of, like I said, a lot of my stuff's obviously boxed up, ready for when I've got a bit more room, but. I have a very small bookcase in my office where I have my favourite books and they're always in there because I want to pick them up for six months, but I might go sit in the garden in the summer and have a beer and come and grab a book and you just read through them and some of the stories in there and the artwork in there and just, it's just brilliant. Just love them. Absolutely love them. Dan, you've got all three. You, you must be a, a fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think they're brilliant. I mean, it's not just the images as well. Like you say, the text is great, and it's. I mean, the Star Wars one, it, it kind of starts all the way back, doesn't it, and tells Lucas's history of how he came to do Star Wars, the first drafts, and then through all of the production process, all the way through to release. And I, all three books do that, but yeah, it's great. It's written in that way. Everything's chronological. I remember buying the uh, Star Wars Chronicles. When was when was that? Ninety ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. And thinking, I will never have to buy another Star Wars reference book again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How wrong I was. I've got the old encyclopedia somewhere from about nineteen ninety five. That's. <laughs> yeah, I've got all that. It's massive. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chronicles was so expensive and so beautiful. I, I, I barely dare read it. You know, you'd get it out of the slipcase and it'd have these little kind of tracing sheet inlays and you'd, you'd sort of lots of black ink. It got fingerprints on it. And I remember picking it up and going through it really, really gingerly. <laughs> Probably only ever looked through it a couple of times. You've gone behind the scenes of Star Wars and deep inside the Empire Strikes Back. Now, witness the building of the third blockbuster in cinema's most legendary saga. Featuring both rare and all-new interviews with cast and crew, exclusive photos, unseen artwork, visual effects secrets, the challenges, the triumph, the ultimate chronicle, from script to screen, and all the amazing moments in between. Only one book is your ultimate behind-the-scenes pass. To the making of Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Well, so I can tell you that I have just grabbed myself the Reader's Companion, and I have grabbed <laughs> a making off to go in our prize pot for the end of the month. So happy days. We're uh, we're up and running with that little uh, that little lot. Um, oh, cool. Now, boys, before we close out, what area of books excites you most to look at? I, I think for me chatting to other expanded universe fans about what went on in that in that kind of era is is really appealing you know i've i talk to stars collectors all the time you know that's something that you know i, I do i do do but i've never really hung out with book readers it's always been something that's kind of been off to one side for me i've never really kind of hung with that crowd and had the debates about these characters and and, and what they got up to it's always been quite uh, a solitary uh, experience so i'm really looking forward to sort of you know chatting to rich and whoever else is, is coming on board to, to to explore that area definitely dan any yeah, i think yeah steve sands it's got to be isn't it I mean, I've, i'm looking now on my bookshelf i've got at least three or four books written by him and yeah really looking forward to that well there you go so you've just uh you've just name dropped one straight in there now steve sands we have an interview with steve where we're not we're not talking about ranch or everyone or anything we are talking all about his books, and in particular, I would like to delve heavily into him with uh, Concept of Screen to Collectible because I've done many interviews and I know how important that book is to so many collectors. Now, I know a lot of people will know Grant Criddle on here. Uh, we're all good friends with Grant, but I know for a fact it was that book that he had travelled into Cardiff when he was a kid and uh, he'd picked that up in Waterstones and read it on the back of a bus going home and um, he had seen the Tonton teapot in there and a man man who he'd never seen before and I know that that whetted his appetite to get back into buying Star Wars stuff again. So, gents, thank you both so much. Uh, thank you all so much for uh, coming on and sharing your best books with us. Um, of course, please go and check out all our previous shows over on wherever you get your podcast. They're all there. Check out our YouTube channel with all the enhanced versions of everything. Our search in Generation Skywalker. And, of course, check out our social media where the book cover contest will start quite soon so yeah. instagram facebook and twitter again search generation skywalker so lots of areas and of course go to www.generationskywalker.com you'll find all our shows all our enhanced shows and some fantastic blog posts i'm pretty sure between the lot of us there may be a couple of blog posts coming out over the course of this month haven't spoken to the boys about that yet but hey <laughs> we could uh 
maybe get a couple of us to work on something there. So so keep an eye on all our outlets. We've got uh, all sorts going on this month. And like I said, the shows are going to come thick and fast. Some of them will be shorter, like tonight's. And some of them will be our normal length kind of thing. And of course, for the collectors, we do still have the modern way and those old fossils. But it is for this intro show. Goodbye from Craig. Goodbye. Goodbye from Daniel. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Jez. Oh, I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Just go. And it is good night from me. And we are Generation Skywalker.